got the real deal now. Ooh. Gonna kick this sorry ass out on the street. Welcome to the Loud on Wrestling Podcast. My name is Robert Fuller, and joining me today is Don Owens from the Amalamia Podcast. Don, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, sure. Um, and we are continuing our series into the Undertaker streak, and this one we're talking about when he takes on Diesel at WrestleMania 12. So, Don, at this time, which is 1996, where are you as a wrestling fan? Uh, I'm kind of almost at the peak of my uh, my wrestling stuff. I I really got into wrestling um, in like '93. '93 uh, is when I got on and I saw the Royal Rumble, and I was just hooked after that. I had been kind of a casual fan here or there before that because uh, my my dad liked wrestling a lot so like he used to always have it on in the background and he took me to a couple of events as a little kid and stuff and you know and then I kind of got out of it and then I started and then I became friends with this guy in high school that was really into wrestling and then just by my friend association with him we started watching and then I became hooked in like 93 and you know it's funny talking about this Wrestlemania just because you know for me Diesel, Kevin Nash, one of my all-time favorites. Um, yeah. You know, on our on future endeavors, we have our future endeavors Hall of Fame that we've done. I actually inducted Kevin Nash into our future endeavors Hall of Fame. Um, he's just somebody I just I just clicked onto. Like I was always a really big Shawn Michaels fan, and when Diesel debuted and he was his bodyguard, uh, I was just taken away. I was like, man, this guy's huge, and like it just I loved the bodyguard angle. And then when he broke away from Shawn and Start, you know, just he just blew up. He became Intercontinental Champion and became Tag Team Champion. Then he became WWE Champion, you know, and he was you know champ for a year. And it was just unlike anything I had seen before in the time that I've been a fan of wrestling. So, um, I was really, really big into wrestling at this point. I wasn't always the biggest Undertaker fan, you know. I've I've been hit and miss with Taker throughout his career. Yeah. Respect the respect the guy completely. The man always kills it at WrestleMania. You know, I, I I just was never a gigantic fan of him. I'm actually one of the people that became more of a fan when he became uh, the biker gimmick. Because the, the dead man gimmick was always so hokey to me. Um, but when he, when he came back and he was just on the bike and he was more just real, I appreciated him a lot more. Um, but, you know, at this point with this WrestleMania... It was a changing of the tide, so to speak, because we knew at this point that Diesel was going to be going to WCW. He had already signed his contract. Yeah. We knew he was winding down with WWE. He was only I, he left the company after the next pay per view. It was an in your house right after uh, when he fought Shawn Michaels, and that was his last match in the WWE before he went to WCW. So going into the match with Taker, and you know, and you know, you have a streak and stuff like that. The streak wasn't even really hyped at this point. It was just you know WrestleMania 12, um, yeah, but you know was. Taker still was undefeated, and it was a big match, and you know. It, 
it, I was so torn on it because I wanted Diesel to win so bad, but I knew he was leaving the company, so I didn't think he was going to. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I just think back to that time, I just remember how stoked I was that, you know, even though he was leaving the company and he was on his way out the door, that they were still kind of backing him as a character. He had become a bad guy just recently, too, so he was really just kind of in this badass diesel gimmick um after he had you know shifted gears just a couple months prior and i like that he went after taker and you know i what i love about this match is i feel that this was the biggest task at the time for taker to overcome yes i mean um in terms of the undertaker's matches so far um pretty much um like the first one is pretty much a glorified squash match um when he faces jake roberts at wrestlemania 8 um, that's the first ever WWE event I ever watched. I like the Western's not great in it, but I really like the story that they're telling it. And then you get two really terrible ones with Giant Gonzalez and King Kong Bundy. And um, I quite like this match, not as much as like much as I like the other Undertaker matches that I'll go through, but it's still a good match. It tells quite a good story, even though there were a couple of bits that I did find weird, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, pretty much with the Undertaker. Um, after he goes through the, um, he fights the million dollar corporation the year before. Um, he got he gets injured because he breaks his orbital bone near his eye, and he turns in '95 to so very serious. He's wearing this like open mask uh, thing that he's wearing. Um, but that gets unmasked in the '96 Royal Rumble, and that's when uh, Diesel starts to interfere because he costs Undertaker the championship uh, against Bret Hart. Um, Bret and Undertaker have a rematch uh, war a few weeks later and these disappears again. Um, so Taker gets his revenge at the following pay-per-view and when Diesel faces Hart in a steel cage match, um, Undertaker emerges from the hole through the ring canvas and drags Diesel down with him. Oh, I forgot <laughs> all about that. <laughs> I, I can picture it now completely of him ripping through the bottom of the mat. Yeah. And he, he grabbed him by the leg and pulled him. They're pulling him straight to hell. Yeah, yeah I totally had forgotten that until you just said it. So that's that's a great memory. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much a bit more tit for tat. And it all co- culminates in this uh, match at WrestleMania 12. Uh, WrestleMania 12 itself, um, it's more widely well-known well, for two things. A, the Iron Man match. And B, this really bizarre Hollywood brawl between Golders and Wally Piper, which you get bits of the whole Jay Simpson chasing it. So they, they kind of stand up more than them take a match, which is weird, but you know, it is one of those things, I suppose. Um, so the match, so well, Diesel comes out first and he has fire. And one thing I noticed, as soon as he enters the ring, he is the whole ring is just covered in fireworks. There's fireworks just come out of everywhere in the ring. Um, as for Undertaker's entrance, um, it's all pitch black and ray, uh, ray of purple light from his entrance. Um, one thing I want to note very quickly is that I'd like to apologize to the guys who listened to the WrestleMania 11 podcast because, uh, that was the one where, um, Karma kind of steals Urn back from Paul Bearer and then melts into the necklace. Um, I thought that was the last you see the Urn, but it's not because Undertaker, uh, Paul Bearer comes back with the urn. I'm like, wasn't that noted to be a ne- necklace? Um, but apparently, uh, Undertaker Clay regains the necklace and then reforms it into a lot smaller urn. Um, so did you, did you, did you see that bit when, um, Undertaker reclaims the necklace? 
Um, I don't remember him reclaiming the necklace. Um, but you know, I of course remember an urn coming back, <laughs> you know, yeah. and there was many different urns throughout the years. So I, I never, I was never, I never felt that when comma <laughs> melted it down into the necklace, that that was like the end all be all of the urn. Cause I mean, he had had so many versions of it throughout the years. Yeah. So yeah. we had big ones, we had little ones, we had ones that shine lights out the top of it. Like, yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of different versions. So I knew we'd see an, an urn again. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much with the, with the urn, it seems to go through like a super size me diet. <laughs> And it gets like four, ten times bigger, and then obviously slims down again. Um, the match starts with them just brawling, and Diesel gets the upper hand. Uh, Tig gets thrown to the turnbuckle, and he gets hit by Aaron Smash with a couple of elbows. Um, and then Diesel pretty much just, just sends him to the opposite turnbuckle, but he gets a big boot. Um, and then. Um, but Dashing goes to the outside quite quickly. And then um, Taker hits the stomach and then sends Diesel into the steel steps. Um, but Dashing goes back inside and Taker tries to like, end the match really quickly with a tombstone. Uh, but Diesel, who is like roughly the same height as Undertaker, gets out of it and gets hit with a crossbody for two. And when I saw the crossbody, I'm like, I have never seen Kevin Nash do a crossbody before or since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so um, Undertaker does the old school um, tries air, area move but Diesel ducks um, Diesel gets sent over the top rope and uh, with Undertaker's last few matches that's much as I've seen every time he gets hit sent over the top, top rope um, he lands on his feet but in this case Diesel does it and Taker goes after him and this, this bit I found really really weird because um, while they're fighting outside Paul Bear distracts the referee and Taker drops a chair, swings a, and misses a hidden ring post. And I found it weird because I'm thinking to myself, aren't you supposed to be the good guy here? Why are you being, why are you doing a very Healy's heel move? I don't, I never got that bit of the match. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm spacing that one too. That one didn't, that doesn't stand out to me at all. Yeah, it's just the way they just um when it's just it's just really weird, it's like you're the good guy, you're not supposed to do that. Um Desperate times call for desperate needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though to be fair there's not there's nothing in this match to suggest that Taker should go to that straight away. Um so yeah, so this is when Diesel starts to get the um gets gets to be dominant in the match here. So he's then taken to his guardrail and then into the ring post a couple of times. Um Goes to the ring to, well, t- starts tossing the crowd, they're all booing. Um, Diesel does eventually pull Taker back in and hits a big boot and then a sidewalk slam. Um, and he's just pretty much just brawling on him, hitting him with a few moves, pushing him into the corner. Um, and then Taker does start a brief comeback, but they hit each other with a big boot. Um, when both guys get up, once again, back into the corner, and this time, um, uh, pretty much this time, he applies, Diesel applies a bear hug, and but he gets out of it. It's a bit weird because it starts like brawling and then starts like trying to do a few west holes to kind of like, slow the match down a bit. And then, um, Diesel hits a bit suplex, and then, and then Taker hits an elbow. 
And another weird thing is that um, Vince manager on commentary thinks um, Taker will cover him, but seems confused that he doesn't. Which is no reason, because one thing that Vince McMahon used to do on commentary is that he would get really enthusiastic when anyone would do a cover, and then seemed a bit disappointed that's not the end of the match. You still there, Don? Oh, yes. <laughs> so I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I was just letting, you, just letting you go through it. <laughs> yeah. Um... So yeah, pretty much. Um, they then look like it's going to come when uh, Diesel hits the, pa- the Jackman powerbomb, and but similar to the WrestleMania Eight match, um, Diesel doesn't cover right away. He's taking his time. He's bragging. Diesel's kicking a couple of times to check see if it's um, on the, no, until it's done. Uh, but take a guess up. Um, Diesel waits for him to get up, punches him, hits another jackknife. And you think to yourself, right, okay, sure he's going to cover him now. But he doesn't. He, Diesel starts talking to the crowd and bearer. And then Diesel finally goes for the cover after, what, a good 30 seconds. Um, Taker chokes him, but he wants to get out of it. Uh, Taker does eventually get the choke and gets him up. Uh, Diesel swats the arm away, hits the bat suplex. And then, um, down a few more punches. And then the end comes where Tick is the flying choke slam, sorry, flying clothesline, then the choke slam. And um, Diesel gets back up and hits Tombstone for the win. And that's pretty much it. It's about, it's a 12 minute match, so, but that's, so far, that's the longest match Undertaker has done so far. Um, I know it gets onto like the half an hour matches later on, but pretty much at this point, it's kind of alternating between like 10 to 15 minutes and a few matches after. Under ten until possibly I think it's WrestleMania eighteen when he faced Flair, and that's pretty much the story of the match. So what didn't sorry didn't um I don't know if I'm just missing this or confusing it, but like I could have sworn didn't um Taker go for the tombstone and then Diesel like bent it backwards and like flipped it around to where he was gonna tombstone him. Yeah, I think he did. I think it was early on because. Um, but I don't think he does the move because I want to clean up Sid is the first person to do that you know he yeah. did Tombstone and he reversed it to do Tombstone himself and, and then I think Taker flips it back again and yeah. is able to hit him with it yeah. yeah so yeah so there's that bit I just couldn't I know that bit does it he tried to go to Tombstone earlier on but I can't remember that was a bit where it gets reversed and all that yeah um, yeah i mean like i said i mean for me man like i just i love this match like this is yeah. a match that i still go back and and watch again you know and there's yeah i have a hard time sometimes going back and rewatching some a lot of the older stuff and you know with this one you know i just remember watching this mania and just being like like i said in the beginning just like on one hand, I knew he was leaving the company, so I was like, yeah. they're not going to let him win. They're not going to let him win. But on the other hand, I had never seen Undertaker get so dominated before. Like, he really got dominated in that match on yeah, many, many you know, occasions. You know, Diesel got the best of him. And I had just never seen that before. Like you said, you know, all the other Mania matches were kind of just, eh. <laughs> yeah. there, there wasn't anything special. and Nobody really took it to him. And Diesel was the first guy that was like the same height, the same weight, and just kind of 
laid into him and really put on just a very competitive match. I mean, you know, 12 minutes is probably a, a great sweet spot for those two guys to just be able to keep the pacing going and just knock it out. You know, and uh, yeah, the ending, I remember it frustrating me that he didn't go for the pin after the jackknifes and yeah. then just being like, get it done. What are you doing? Like, you know, like, but once again, like they were trying to, uh, you know, it. I, I like that even though WWE knew he was leaving, they didn't just have Taker squash him. You know, like like that kind of protected Diesel by having him jackknife him and not go for the pin and kind of look at the crowd and be like, see, look what I did to your dead man, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, and then have that happen a couple times over to where you in the back of your mind, you're like, he could have beat him if he wanted to at that point. Yeah. But, you know, he just didn't take the opportunity. And then, of course, because he showboated, Taker gets the best of him and he wins the match. So, yeah. um you know, I just I loved it, man. I love Diesel as a bad guy. I I really really love this match, and you know the next pay per view I could talk about the in your house pay per view. Him and Sean is probably one of my favorite matches of all time. Uh, at the Good Friends Better Enemies uh, in your house pay per view, oh, wow. that match is so good. Well, I've never seen that one. Um, oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so I um, you know I'll, I'll probably get lynched for this, but I've, I've never seen. Uh, well, we're savage either from Westminster 7 because I've never had the chance to watch it. So, there's been some. I mean, I know like the lean period for the WWE was like uh, pretty much during this time for like say 93 to probably say about 97 it was a real lean period, but there's still some good matches, there's still some good competitors. It's yeah. that, but I think it's like three months after this uh, in, in WCW, uh, that's when the NWO was formed. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that's a really big thing. Glass has like the heel turn for Hulk Hogan. I was like, that's going to be a really big deal in any company. So you now gave the momentum a bit. But yeah, you know, there's still there's still good matches. Um, especially, I mean, Taker slowly starting to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shame gets slightly ruined for the final WrestleMania faces Sid. Yeah, uh, but the way the way it's, it's the street teams go now is they seem to like good good match. The mere match and then good match, mere match, and then the other two he faces um, Triple H and then Ric Flair the following year. You kind of get two like really good matches in a row. Oh, yeah, you know, a lot of people bypass that first one with Triple H at 17, and that match is incredible, oh. you know. And and that's, that's what bugged me when, when they fought um, at 27, yeah, and they tried to pretty much ignore the fact that before at a WrestleMania, because they really tried to act like that match in 17 never happened. And I don't, and I don't really understand why, but for those of us that remember yeah. the WrestleMania 17 match between biker taker and triple H was incredible. It was like a, anything goes uh match and they fought into the crowd. They were up on yeah. that scaffold. And I mean, it was such an incredible match, man. That's one of my favorite taker matches at a WrestleMania. And I just, yeah. it kind of bums me out that they kind of ignore that one. And then they just talk about 27. And then of course, 28 being in the hell in a cell, you know? So, yeah. oh, so, so much good stuff. I mean, um, you know, on a side note, I do want to, for the people listening that have not seen going back and I'm telling you, you need to go watch this yeah. <laughs> diesel versus Shawn Michaels at in your house. Uh, good friends, better enemies. Uh, it's a no holds barred match and it's for the WWF championship. And this match is incredible. 
It's uh, one of Shawn Michaels' personal favorite matches of all time. It's yeah. on his documentary DVD. Um, Kevin Nash loves this match. This was Nash's last match before going to WCW. Actually, it's uh, Razor Ramon wrestles on this pay-per-view also, and it's his last match okay. before leaving also since him and Hall went at the same time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, I was such a big fan. I mean, that's I never watched WCW, and it, it took Kevin Nash and Scott Hall going over there for me to start flipping the channel to see, like, those guys. You know, um, that was why I started watching WCW was because I was like, man, I love Diesel. Let me see what he's going to do next. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I'm glad that, you know, he had such a big run. And then the NWO is just so, you know, the, the history behind that. And then I'm glad that he came back to WWE and, you know, and everything that's gone on. I mean, we just saw the guy in the Rumble, you know, two months ago. So uh, yeah, he pops up here and there and it's great. But, yeah, I mean, Taker, I know this is all about Taker and his streak. The streak is incredible. I'm glad that I've gotten to witness some of it live. Um, I was live for WrestleMania 26 with him and Sean. I was at um, 28 with him and um, Triple H in the Hell in a Cell. And I was at 29 uh, with him and CM Punk. So, uh, you know, I've gotten to witness the streak live and in person. And those matches, man, at at a WrestleMania live, just they're so incredible. Because when you're in there with a good opponent... Even though it's the streak, and even though we all know the streak's not going to get broken, you you just get lost in the match, and you're really and when these moments happen, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, it's going to happen, oh my god, they're going to break it, oh my god, the streak's over, you know, and you get so tied up and lost in it that you, that's the greatest thing about it because when we sit here now and we talk about the streak, we can easily say no one's going to top that, no one's going to break that, Taker's always going to win, but. You know, when he's in there with the right people, you start, you just forget about all that and you just enjoy the match for what it is. And, you know, that's how I felt, you know, when I, when I was at 26 with Sean, it was incredible, you know, it was ended up being Sean's last match. And that was a whole nother thing for me because Sean's yeah. my favorite of all time. Uh, you know, Triple H is one of my all time favorite superstars also. So when, at WrestleMania 28, uh, with him in the Hell in a Cell, that match, there was a million different moments in that match where I was like, Triple H is going to do it. He's going to break the, the streak, you know, especially when Sean's super kick taker. And then, yeah, yeah. and then he pedigreed him like right into it. Like I was like, that's it. The streak's over. It's done. And of course, taker wins again, you know, and it's just, um, they've been so such great moments and I can't wait for WrestleMania 30. Uh, I will be there live again and I can't wait to see um, him take on Brock Lesnar. I think that's going to be an incredible match as well. So uh, it's cool to see when you go back to the early WrestleManias to how it is now. Now the streak is presented almost like a title match. You know, yeah. I mean, it's you got to earn it. You got to earn that spot, and then you got to earn that match. And it, there's something on the line. It's that damn streak, you know. So 21 and 0, it's amazing, and um, it's it's just such an incredible thing of what it's become in the history of WrestleMania. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, with talking about the WrestleMania 28 and the 27 matches, um, WrestleMania, I like 20. I think out of the three matches that Triple H has with Undertaker, I think 28 is the best one. Uh, 27 is just, I liked it at the time and now not so much now because it's just, it's just here we've pretty much Triple H just dominates and then suddenly loses kind of thing. Um, but WWE's main problem with the Undertaker match is that because the vast majority of them are, un, are gonna, under the impression that Undertaker is going to win this match. You have the challenge of making those people believe that Undertaker could lose. And there's been moments in the last three matches especially where you you do generally think for a minute, 
oh my god, Taker's gonna lose. And I think that's I think this year when he faces Brock Lesnar, they will have that challenge again. And um, obviously, I'm just assuming that match has been made official. Do you think Lesnar is the right choice for Undertaker this year? I do. Uh, you know, Taker needs a big match, and he yeah. needs somebody that it, it makes you think, like, damn, this guy's definitely a possibility to end the streak. And Brock is one of those guys, no doubt. You know, Brock is a... Is a He's a special attraction now, too, just like Taker basically is. So, you know, for Brock to step up to the plate and take on Taker, I think it's a great choice. Because, you know, I hate to say it, but honestly, there's nobody on the roster right now that if you gave them the match with Taker, that I'd be like, yeah, that's a good match. Or that's, you know, that's something that we've never seen before or something that... I really feel that person's going to break the streak, you know? I don't feel Brock is really going to break it, but at the same token, I feel Brock is a legitimate threat to yeah. it that will put on a good enough match to where he could just be so dominating and so powerful that, that he could he's, he's going to probably have the same thing like you just said you, you hated about WrestleMania 27, which is basically he could just be dominating the match and then Taker wins, and then it's one of those things where Taker's, you know, crawl into the back again because yeah. he's so beat down um, to make Brock look good, you know. But I know I think he's a great choice because I mean we've played around with a lot of different options this year, and it's kind of like, you know, Sheamus's name comes up, and it's like, oh, Daniel Bryan maybe, like, and it's like, yeah, there'd be some good matches, but you don't really think like, oh, they have any chance against you know Taker. The only other one left really on the main roster would really be Cena. You know, I mean, and I think at some point we will get Cena Taker, and I think that will be an amazing match, you know, to to put on the line. Um, and who knows, you know, with with Cena, he could be the one to break the streak. So there goes the credibility again. Um, yeah, I think, but I think, yeah, I think Brock's a great fit for it. Yeah, I think I think so too. When you thought of that way, I mean, I thought maybe Daniel Bryan, but uh, he's going to face Triple H this year. Um, I think Cena is the only person, but I think a lot of people don't want that because of the way... Unfortunately, um, I like John Cena as a wrestler. I think he's a good wrestler, but I just can't stand his character. And one thing that's bugging me is that he never... If he's going to lose, it, it has to be through nefarious means. And I have my biggest fear is that if he faces Undertaker, not only as much Cena himself, but probably the trader team will want to make... No, maybe like Cena, you know, did lose, didn't lose cleanly, and I think if this one's about when he faces Taker, that might damage the match a bit. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, there, there's so many different ways that it would go. Uh, I don't, I don't feel the streak should ever really be broken. I, I hope that they don't. But if they do decide at some point, or if it, you know, or if let's say Taker, for example, is like, you know what, I, I want so-and-so to win, you know, like, I, I like this person and I want to put him over kind of thing, like, you know, let's just, for example, say he loves Roman Reigns, you know, and yeah. then he goes to Vince and he says, I see huge potential in Roman Reigns, he's going to be the future of your company, let me have him at WrestleMania next year and I want to put him over, you know, so then that dude will always forever have the distinguished, you know, mark of he's the guy that broke the streak. Like, if they do something like that, they need to do it with a younger up-and-comer type guy that Taker wants to put over and respects, you know, and, and I... But that's the only time I, I really don't think he should ever lose the streak. I don't care regardless who it is. They've gone too far now at this point. If the streak was only, like, 
eight or nine in, I'd be like, all right, let's break it. But I mean, you know, 21 going to be 22 this year. It's like, that's too many in a row, man. Let's just let Taker retire with that being a crown jewel of his thing is that no one could ever topple the guy at WrestleMania, you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's got to be that kind of thing. There's someone who's overcoming, who could be a big star. He could be the only person to break this the streak. But I agree with you. I don't think the streak should end. Um, so, Don, uh, where can we find you on the internet? Well, of course, you can find me individually at DXDonMega on Twitter. Go ahead and follow me along. Um, you can listen to my entertainment show. I do an entertainment podcast every Sunday night. It's called Am I on the Air? And Am I on the Air is basically an entertainment podcast where we talk TV, music, movie news, do movie reviews, uh, just everything in the world pretty much of pop culture for the week. Um, and you can go to amiontheair.com to listen to that. Uh, follow on Twitter at amiontheair. If you're somebody that's interested in entertainment news, I highly suggest you give us a follow on Twitter because you'll always be up to date on all the latest and greatest in entertainment news. Uh, and obviously for the wrestling fans listening to this, uh, Future Endeavors, if you've never listened, Future Endeavors is a wrestling and MMA podcast that uh, actually just ended last week um, that we did um, myself, uh, Nick Gator, and Corey Santiago on Twitter. We did the show for almost four years, and we actually just ended up wrapping it up after Elimination Chamber last weekend. So if you want to go back and check out some Future Endeavors, it's there for you. Go to future-endeavors.com, and you can listen on there. Follow on Twitter at Future Endeavors. We're still keeping the Twitter running, going to keep you updated with all the latest news in the world of wrestling and MMA. So, um, yeah, that's the majority of it. Yes, uh, I fully recommend the Fusion Devils podcast. Um, I saw this that uh, when you did the, the podcast about the Money in Bank 2011, and uh, you all went off and won about Booker T and his commentary. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the moment that made me like, really get into it. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Great so, yeah. to hear. Yeah. Um, so with me, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Lowdown Wrestling and follow my blog at lowdownwrestling.blogspot.com. Um, at the minute, uh, it's just focusing more on pay per view reviews. Um, so once it's, hopefully once we get uh, this series done and then after WrestleMania, I'll start to write a few more opinion pieces. Um, so don't pack it much for being on the podcast again. Thank you, man. I just want to take a second to just thank you for, you know, being such a great fan of future endeavors and help, you know, helping support us and am I on the air and you've been, you've been an awesome dude, man. And I really am just glad that you've been there to support us and I wish you luck on this podcast series. And I'm very honored to have been asked to be here tonight. Thank you very much, Don. And that's for all the guys there. And we'll catch you next time where we talk, um, I will talk to Rich Thomas. Um, about the West Mini 13 match where he faces Sid, Cycle Sid, sorry, because Sid's had like four different names, um, for the WWE Championship. Um, until then, thank you very much.